0: Slap Shop Podcast, episode number 42. I'm your host, Chris Romarez. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out with me. Welcome in. We got another absolutely wild episode for you today. Absolutely wild. It's unfortunate that we have to do this episode, right? I wasn't going to do one until next week, right? Trying to stick to a once every two-week schedule, but I couldn't pass up an opportunity to talk about, you know, this, what we're going to spend the entire episode talking about. I couldn't pass it up. We can't pass it up. We can't do that anymore. It's too many people passing up too many things, and we got to sit and we got to talk about it. Because unfortunately, whether you like it or not, it's going to keep happening. And that's the sad reality of it. It's sad. It shouldn't be the case, but it will be. And maybe one day we can get to a point Well, we don't have to have these types of conversations because they won't be relevant or they won't exist anymore, right? That's hopefully what we get to, okay? And if you have no idea what I'm referencing to, well, maybe you live under a rock, okay? So we're gonna talk about the Chicago Blackhawks and their entire organization being piss poor all the way back to 2010. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, Well, let me bring you up to speed here a little bit. We're talking about Kyle Beach, who was referred to as John Doe, in a lawsuit that he filed against the team stating that they didn't do anything after finding out that he had been sexually assaulted by Brad Aldrich, who was the video coach back in 2010. Now, it's unfortunate that we have to know the name of Brad Aldrich because, I mean, He's a low-life piece of shit, right? Let's be honest, right? There's no reason to know his name. There's no reason anybody should know any video coach's name. Not to say there aren't great coaches out there, right? Video coaches, don't get me wrong. There's no reason we should know this man's name at all, and we shouldn't know it for the reason that it is today. But that's kind of the way this story kind of goes. So we're going to start all the way back here in 2010. I'm going to spare some of the details here. Again, you probably know what's happened. If you don't, we're going to get up to speed quick here. So Aldridge is... You know, the video coach here, he has a sexual encounter with Kyle Beach, right? That was deemed non-consensual, okay? This is in May of 2010. You remember the Blackhawks are on their run in the playoffs? They'd go on to win the Stanley Cup that year, okay? Now, Beach ends up telling somebody about this, right? He tells Paul Vincent, right, who's the skill coach at that time in Chicago, right? and then Vincent does what he can to try to let the Blackhawks know what's going on. The Blackhawks now remember this date. This is May 23rd, 2010. This is the important part here, okay? So the uh, the assault goes happens at the beginning of May. We are now the 23rd. Aldrich is still employed by the team at this point, okay? The Blackhawks have a meeting cuz now this has been brought to their attention. Okay? The meeting has Stan Bowman Okay, Al McIsaac. He's joined by President as well, John McDonough. He's joined by Jay Blunk, Assistant General Manager Kevin Chevel Joel Quenville, who's the head coach at that time, and the team counselor Jim Gray. Jim Gary, sorry, to have a conversation about what has happened. Now, this is where most of what happens. And this is the most important part here, because all those people mentioned there, the names, in my mind, had the opportunity to do something, and they didn't. They didn't do shit. They let this go on. As a matter of fact, Aldrich is still around. He ends up assaulting a Blackhawks intern after the Stanley Cup parade. This is a 22-year-old intern. Now, middle of June, Human Resources gets involved now. And now Aldridge basically doesn't say very much, doesn't do very much. But they gave him an opportunity or they gave him an ultimatum, an investigation into what he was doing or a resignation. Well, shock to nobody, he resigns. Here's the fun part. The Blackhawks gave Aldridge, by the way, severance for his resignation. A playoff bonus and a championship ring. And right, his name is engraved on the Stanley Cup, blah 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 blah. He got his day with the Stanley Cup as well. He gets a letter of recommendation for his next job. Right? Imagine this imagine finding out, right? Imagine telling a guy, hey, these allegations against you are pretty serious. We will we're asking you to resign. Or we're going to investigate. And th- thanks for resigning on some serious, you know, things being raised here. We're also going to give you a letter of recommendation, which Joel Quenville did give him. Right? That was stated in the court records that he was given. So he went on to do it. Now, Aldridge goes on here. Again, keep this part short because he's a piece of shit. Right? He assaults two at the University of Miami in Ohio. Okay? Where he was the director of hockey operation. Okay? He then, Aldrich assaults a high schooler out in Michigan. Now, this is in March 2013. Okay? He admits to this. Now, right? The high school in Michigan tries to coordinate with the Blackhawks to kind of find out, hey, who is this guy and what is happening? Well, the Blackhawks refused to cooperate. All they did was they said he resigned and they said they wouldn't give any information without a subpoena. Now, good news here is Aldridge ends up getting convicted of sexual uh, of, of criminal sexual conduct involving a student. The year later, he's sentenced to nine months in jail for what he's done. He's got to register as a sex offender, serves five years of probation, and pay restitution. Which is, it is what it is. He serves some penalty. It's obviously not enough, and a lot of people around. Gave Aldridge the opportunity to do what he does. Now let's fast forward here to this year. This is May, okay? So John Doe has, as has Beach was known for the longest time until he gave his interview with Rick Westhead the day that the you know findings were found, right? The, the the day that the investigators, right, the law firm comes out and says, "Hey, here's what we found," right? We didn't know who he was. We didn't know who the player was. We didn't know anything. We just knew him as John Doe. And then he courageously comes out, puts a name and a face to who it is, okay? He files a lawsuit in May against the Blackhawks. And then in June, the Blackhawks can start this investigation. And this is where the story starts to take a little bit of run because a great journalist like Rick Westhead, who, by the way, the world probably needs more of. But without him pushing this story, none of this gets to this. Kyle gets absolutely nothing without Rick Westhead having to shove it down the NHL's throat. Shove it down the Blackhawks throat and says, hey, we need some answers. And the independent investigation basically says, yeah, that meeting. Remember the day that I told you about the one that you needed to keep track of? May 23rd basically says these men in here. Didn't do enough. They failed to promptly and thoroughly investigate the matter. And the decision to take no action from the May 23rd to June 14th had consequences. That's a straight quote from the report. Aldridge still continued to work and they allowed it to happen. Right? This is the the investigation starts in June. And we knew about this. This started to pick up steam. Because I I know some of you forget because, you know, short-term memory. But remember Brent Sopel talking about it? He was talking about the Blackhawks and that room and what happened. And he direct states to Rick Westhead and says everybody on that team knew what was going on. Which is directly opposite to what the Blackhawks, to what players, to what management comes out and says. Right. Let's let's hold that thought for a moment. There. Let's move. Okay. Let's move to the Tuesday. We're both right. Stan Bowman and Al McIsaac, they step down. Right. They are the lone members, senior members that remain from that meeting, so they step down from their roles. Which is, which is fine. Step down. Remove them from hockey. Don't ever let them back into the league. I know we like to sit there and say hockey is for everyone but we can do without you know the people who are racist you know sexual abusers. We can do without certain people in hockey. We don't have to literally let it open for everybody. We want to include as many people but we can also have barriers to make sure that people with you know bad intentions don't get into the game. So they step down right and here's Here's, here's where it starts to get better, okay? The NHL fines the Blackhawks $2 million. That's the fine that they get for allowing sexual assault to happen. Just just remember, because I know some of you forgotten, the NHL fined the New Jersey Devils $3 million, and I think they lost a draft pick. Do you remember the Ilya Kovalchuk contract that they had, right? And the NHL dean that they had circumvented the salary cap? So they ended up hitting them with a $3 million fine and a, I think it was a loss of a draft pick or two. So just remember that the NHL takes circumventing draft circumventing the cap more seriously than they take sexual assault. Surprised to absolutely nobody, by the way, right? Shocking. That's to me that part kind of kind of it just it continues like the NHL is a garbage organization when it comes to protecting people. We know this. This is not the first time the NHL put it has put itself in hot water. And people associated with the team and with teams put themselves in hot water. Okay. Joel Quenville, who stepped down Thursday, okay, he stepped down after a meeting with Gary Bettman in New York. He was still allowed to coach in between that. He did. He did, right? The Panthers ended up winning on the 27th, right? When that report came out, he was still allowed to coach. And then the NHL gets his meeting with Gary. Everybody kind of says, hey, man, you did a couple of things you shouldn't. Now, remember when I was talking earlier about the Brett Sopel part, right? Because Joel Quedville had come out publicly, right? He had issued a statement. And now, I mean, if I could count the number of statements I've read, the number of BSPR statements, there'd be too many, I'd lose count, man. We haven't seen many people speak up. We've seen a lot of statements written by interns saying, hey, say this, which again, tone deaf by the NHL. But again, this this should not shock anybody. Quenville had come out and said, A, well, basically denied being aware of any of those allegations. Okay? He had said in that July, you know, part of the year, that he had learned of the allegations through the media earlier in that summer. Well, Q, is kind of wrong because you were sitting in that room back in 2010. Now, which means either two things, right? Either you lied and didn't want to get caught or you suffered a traumatic brain injury from 2010 to 2021. and You couldn't remember things that happened previously, right? Maybe you suffered a concussion and to the NHL, concussions don't actually cause uh, trauma to the brain because they refuse to acknowledge that the two exist. So it's possible, but Brent Sopel came out and basically said everybody on that team knew and there were a lot of big names on that team, right? Jonathan Taves, yes. Patrick Kane, yes. Marty Turco was part of that team. Corey Crawford, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Marion Hossa, Andrew Ladd, Dustin Bufflin, there were a lot of players on that team. And he said that, and Sopo comes on says everybody knew. So hearing players say, I didn't know, again, you must have suffered a traumatic brain injury in order for you to literally forget, right? You don't forget a teammate being sexually assaulted or the conversation around that. You forget if you had chicken or fish, you know, three years ago at the resort, that kind of things you can forget. But traumatic stuff like that happening inside a tight-knit locker room, as they want to call it, right, and worrying about disturbing the chemistry, I think you got a pretty good idea, right? And that, to me, is the part that probably pisses me off the most, right? Joel Quenville loses his job, fine. It is what it is. He still got to coach in the NHL, right? He still made a great career from 2010 to 2021. He still had 11 years surrounded by hockey. I don't feel bad for him. Yeah, he lost his job today, but he probably should have lost it 10 years ago. He should have never had the opportunity to be in the NHL again. You can eradicate these people completely. You don't need them in the game. And we can do it. Look, remember Bill Peters? Remember Bill Peters resigned as head coach of the Calgary Flames after admitting he used a racial slur? Like, you don't need the Bill Peters of the world in the NHL. You can get rid of them. There's no need for them here. There's none. You can get rid of them. And we can get rid of Joel Quinville. And you can get rid of all the pieces of shit that surround him. To me, everybody in that room should have been gone, including Kevin Dayoff, who the NHL has come out and says they won't discipline. Because of his involvement was minimal. Saying that he didn't he couldn't have done anything. He didn't know enough. He wasn't part of the senior management. And those look, that's a loophole in the story that you're giving. That's what it is. But you don't have to be senior management. Or you don't have to be somebody important in that room to turn around and say, man, this is not good. I'm going to report it to the authorities. That's who you should have been reporting it to, by the way, right? Like forget about reporting it to the NHL, right? That's not the important part. That's not the part that we should be remembering here. The important part is when you witness shit like that happening, don't report it to the NHL. Report it to the authorities. That's who we report it to. That's who Alan Walsh had the, bed with, the the best tweet about that, right? You don't report it to Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. You report it to the authorities. You let the law handle that kind of stuff. That is outside of the game of hockey. Yes, it happened within, but that's stuff that, you know, governs outside of that, right? You let the law enforcement take over because they don't give a shit after that. They don't care who you are, what you do. Their job is to make sure that the law is put into place and they will strip open every door and try to find out whatever information they need. So if Kevin Chevel Dayoff's going to get to keep his job, he gets to keep it because it's a loophole, not because he deserves it. To me, I would have fired him as well. I would have never let Joel Quenville get behind the bench. If I was the Florida Panthers, I wouldn't do it, right? Because even after that game, right? Q wasn't made available to the media. Zito comes down GM and answers questions. So you already protect somebody which I get teams wanting to protect coaches, right? But we have to start we, we have to start getting it into our head that we can't protect aggressors anymore. That's not how this works. This is the same conversation, by the way, for the NHL PA. Right? Because now more stuff coming out, obviously. Now we're just opening up everything. We're going to find out everything there is. Right? Donald Fear, remember him? NHL PA, doctor as well, failed to warn USA Hockey about Aldridge despite saying that they would. Anybody associated with Brad Aldridge or allowing him to do what he did, remove him from hockey. Fire, get him out of there. Especially Donald Fear. You cannot represent the players. And not protect them. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. Get rid of him. You said you would do something. Didn't do it. Out. The NHL needs to clean this up. Which they won't. But they need to just completely do their best. To move away from anybody that sheds negative light here. Or anybody that did something wrong. And some of these clubs have to start either getting their shit together or getting the people who are there out of it. Because we're starting to find out that there's a lot of teams that are not quite that great, right? And we know these teams that are not quite great, right? Like we keep talking about Jonathan Taves being such a great leader. But this man let that happen in that room, right? So he's not that great of a leader to me. I don't invite him to Team Canada. I said, no, man. Same thing with Patrick Kane. Nah, bro. Any of those players still associate associated with that team in any way? No, bro. Get out of here. That's not the type of culture we need, right? NHL sends out a memo same day as well, talking about the culture surrounding it and what's acceptable and not in terms of conduct. Imagine having to send letters to millionaire personnel and billion-dollar owners about what to do when you find out that somebody has been sexually assaulted, imagine needing to do that to grow adults, remind them that you need to report sexual assault. What a world we live in, eh? You tell kids to say something when something's not right, and you would think you wouldn't have to tell adults in powerful positions to not do that. But this, this is kind of just brought to light the imbalance of power in the NHL between players, between management, and their moral responsibility of what they need to do. The reason they buried this is because they were making a run in the playoffs and they didn't want this to be a distraction. So they took winning over anything else. And they ended up winning. They did, right? They've won a couple of Stanley Cups since. It's unfortunate. It's completely unfortunate that that would happen. And that the NHL just lets Kyle Beach down like that. They let him all down. He plays Division Three hockey in Germany now, I think. Right, you went from the 11th overall pick in the 2008 draft to playing in the AHL, ECHL, and having a career in Europe. Right, like you don't like some players don't pan out, but I get a pretty good example here. Maybe Chicago didn't want him to pan out, so they just kind of buried him in the system and said, "Hey, don't worry about it. You won't see the daylight again." Here's the other part that kind of gets me as well. Going through this because now again, story, everything starts to pile. Right, everything comes out. Right, the law firm that was that 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 was conducting this investigation, by the way, okay, had informed us that thirty-seven individuals were contacted by the law firm who either declined to be interviewed or were uncooperative in their investigation. Thirty-seven, me. I want the names of all 37 of those individuals and I want them away from the hockey game. Easy. You didn't want to cooperate in an investigation about sexual assault for whatever reason, for whatever reason you think it is. Not wanting to cooperate with authorities based on severeness like this. Why? What bullshit answer can you give? They should have been forced to speak and say, hey, what do you know? And then you choose. You want to lie? Go ahead and lie. You don't want to lie? Don't lie. But to me, the part that, again, that gets me is all the non-cooperativeness, right? The Chicago Blackhawks publicly said that everything that Beach was saying was not true. They literally called him a liar and that his claims were meritless and they didn't exist. And in, in reality, they did. Right. Chicago Blackhawks put out a statement. Again, these PR statements that mean nothing. Nowhere did they apologize. They said they, you know, that they messed up. But they didn't apologize to him. And Kyle Beach was right. He tweeted it out. His real fight now starts in court. Because this matter is still in a court case under a lawsuit. They're they're I mean, the league's going to try to settle out of court probably, right? The Blackhawks This is still a battle in court where one side is going to try to deteriorate and tarnish Beach's reputation so that they don't have to pay out. His hardest fight is just starting now for that, to get the justice that he deserves. But again, let's go back to the basic, man. I don't know why people think the NHL cares about people in general. We know that they don't. They don't care about humans. They don't care about their own. The culture in hockey is terrible. It's terrible. Right? You talk about leadership. You talk about sandpaper and grit and all those fun terms, man. But the NHL is just a big, you know, a white boys club. Old white man's club. You got people running around with too much power trying to bury sexual assault and whatever other shit's going to come up in the next few years. Because this isn't the last time it's going to happen, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I wish it was. But we're gonna hear stuff about this again. We have no choice. It's just the way the NHL is set up. Because the NHL doesn't care. They're tone deaf. Think about when Black you know, when Black Lives Matter was starting to take a little bit of steam. What did the NHL do? Put out a garbage statement. No different today. The NHL allowed Kevin dayoff and Joel Quenville to continue on as if business as usual until they had their meetings. I'm Gary Bettman. I step in. I say, man, you step in away until we have our conversation. You are not to be around anything that is ours. Sit and wait. There's no, if I'm the Florida Panthers, man, I don't let Joel Quenville get behind a bench. That's a disgrace to let it happen. Especially knowing what the results were today. You knew that he was going to be you know, like here's the thing though, right? If I'm if I'm if I'm one of the owners of the Florida Panthers or I'm in a position and I'm you know or if I'm Zito and I'm coming down, man, I'm looking at Q going, bro, like tell me. Be, like you should have been honest with me a long time ago. That's where I would have tackled it the first time when this claim was coming up and go up to Quenville and say, "Hey man, these are some pretty serious allegations. You want to enlighten me on how much of this is true or not?" And if he says, no, nah, man, there's nothing, don't worry about it. And then I find out this, bro, you're on your ass like 10 minutes later. I, there's no way I let this happen. And be, allowing him to even continue for one game will remind the reminds everybody, or should, that the NHL doesn't care. Just like they didn't care back in 2010, they let Aldridge continue. He left afterwards because they they finally forced him out. But the damage is done in between. And it's the same way for Quenville today. Yeah, he gets let go on a, th- on a Thursday. But he should have been let go 10 minutes after that report comes out. And you say, hey man, no. We're not going to let this. This is not going to fly. The same thing, like, again... Same thing for the Winnipeg Jets and Kevin day off. Saying I don't remember is not a good answer anymore. And again, I 100% believe Brent Sopo when he says everybody in that room knew. I 100% do. So, all those players who are sitting in there who didn't say shit, why are we keeping them around the game? Why do we have them here? Why are we protecting criminals and aggressors? and people with information who did nothing why are we so okay with that why is why is we why we as a society why are we okay with that we shouldn't we should not be okay donald fears the same way should not be okay there's no reason that the nhl should have sat back and let this happen And we got to do a better job of protecting people around hockey, the players, right? Even people in position of power who may, you know, be put in a tight situation. And it goes out that more than just sending a memo reminding teams about culture and fostering a safe and inclusive environment. That's not what it is, right? That's not how this works. You got to do a whole lot better so we never have a Kyle Beach story ever again. And here's how I know what Chicago knows. Rick West had reports again. That when they were looking, the investigators, and they were looking for Aldrich's file, his employee file, they couldn't find it. Human Resource tells them that in 2010, industry standard was computerized records. The Blackhawks refuse to say if they are investigated, whether reports, whether records destroyed purposely or not. You can't find Aldridge's file. Find that hard to believe that Human Resources loses the file of a sexual predator. Kind of wild, right? Think about that. Think about that for a second. You know how much cover-up probably went. Like this investigation sheds a lot of light. Can you imagine the amount of light that isn't being shed either? Like, we'll never 100% know the truth, but what we already know is already bad. You imagine knowing everything? What a tarnish this would be for the league, for the team. The Blackhawks right now look like a garbage organization, and they probably are, right? There's no shock here. Just the same way when Robin Leonard was talking about, you know, meds and stuff and some teams being different than others, right? You kind of get a sense of what these teams might be, right? Maybe he doesn't name Buffalo and Chicago as being organizations that may hand out pills. Maybe he doesn't name it like that. Maybe it's unfair to make that assumption. But you kind of get a sense with everything happening around certain teams and the media coverage that it gets. You kind of say, hey, this is probably not a good idea, right? the Montreal Canadiens, you know, drafting that kid. I forget his name because I don't want to remember him. You kind of get a sense that you probably shouldn't be doing certain things and that certain organizations are run a little bit different than others, right? It's the same thing, right? You got your two-star hotels. You got your five-star hotels. When you got two-star NHL teams, you got five-star NHL teams. And not all of them are the same. And the Chicago Blackhawks look like a one-star team right here. Not a good place. Not a good image. Think about now the players that have to be there, right? I want Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane to have to answer the damn question every single time. Because you didn't back then, so you get to do it now. The claims of things that were being said, you didn't answer it back then. You get to answer it today. And you get to put them on blast for being the leaders of the hockey team that did Nothing. And the NHL should be ashamed of itself. You can't market yourself anywhere else. It's a black eye every single time to the league, to everything that happens. We shouldn't be hearing stories about this. And it's unfair. It's not fair. It's not fair. And something at some point has to change. Something does. Something's got to co- cut. Like, you can't be going down this route every single time. We got to stop with these PR statements. There's no reason Duncan Key should be saying, hey, I'm just gonna decline to be part of this investigation. There's no reason that should be that, that should be happening at this point in our lifetime. It's not okay. And it fails the victims. Kyle Beach stood up. He put his face in front of it and said, Hey, I'm the one who did it. And the league and the team don't even have the balls to come out and say, hey, man, we're sorry for calling you a liar, by the way. The Chicago Blackhawks have not apologized to him. They have not. And that's a problem. That is a a definite problem. And it should not happen. And as much it's. When you find out these guys are associated in any way like this, because more names are probably going to pop up as we go here, eradicate them. Get them out of the game. You don't need them. Hockey doesn't need these people. Players, management, owners, whatever they may be. You know? Even for Kevin Dayoff. I think that's a piss poor statement from the NHL. I read their statement as to why not. And they basically just said that he didn't have enough power. But you're an assistant general manager on a team. Okay. You learn about a player being sexually assaulted. You did nothing. And he kept it a secret. It's good enough for me to be fired. Right. It's good enough. For me, it's good enough. Because don't forget, he was one in July who also said, "I had, I, I have no idea. I didn't know." That's false. You did. So at some point, again, let's go back to it. Either you're lying, or you've suffered too many concussions. You can no longer remember details. So Kevin Shemledayoff gets off with it. The rest of them shouldn't get them far away from the hockey game. They don't need to be here. The NHL is not going to miss them. Okay. I don't miss them. The rest of the world's not going to miss them either. Okay? We can fix this as a community, and the hockey world can do the same. If you really cared about players and your image and what's going on in the NHL, you can fix it. But you got to want to give a shit to start, and the NHL doesn't. Because I'm telling you, we're going to hear about something like this again. It takes one person to stand up before the rest of them start to come. Right? And Kyle Beach said it. One of his tweets, it was Robert Leonard reached out to him and he says, Hey, you being honest, you speaking up about your struggles allowed me to speak up. Think about that. Powerful. And I want to see more people step up. And I mean, shit, by God, can we end the PR garbage statements? Or when you do put one out, get the right, which the minimum required by every team or anybody is to publicly apologize to this kid. He's not even kidding. anymore; are 31 beach, but to publicly apologize to him and say, Hey, we're sorry. Whether, I mean, that apology is garbage, but find me one of those PR bullshit statements where the words I'm sorry, are found in it. It's all the same thing. They express support, empathy, gratitude. They call him courageous, inspirational. Those are the bullshit words that kids in creative writing have to put together. It's not coming from any, it's not coming from Coach Q, and it's not coming from Shevel Dayoff. These are statements that are put together. Everything is a statement. Get somebody up there and speak. Have to take some of the questions. Answer them. Stop hiding behind statements. It looks poor. It looks garbage. It makes you seem like you don't care. And that's what we keep taking away from this. The NHL Jets... The Winnipeg Jets, sorry, don't care. The Chicago Blackhawks don't care. Everybody that was fired or let go, they don't care. Because nobody's come out and said sorry to him. They're just, you know, they express regret that they got caught. That they couldn't keep the lie going any longer. That's what it is. But they're not sorry. So, when they're not sorry, just get rid of them. They don't need to be around. There's no need to keep these people around. Get rid of them. And as many as as many as you find, get rid of them as quickly as they come in, man. Squish them like a bug right off the rip. Don't let them coach an extra day in the NHL. Don't let him be the GM of a team for an extra day. It's unfair. It's not fair. It's not fair to us, the fans. It's not fair to him. It's not fair. It's not fair to Beach. He should have never had to have been. It should should have taken this. It shouldn't have taken a TSN investigative journalist and everybody else who worked on the story to get him justice. It shouldn't have gotten to this point. The gap shouldn't have been this big. And I hope that Kyle can get something out of it. There's not enough money that's going to bring back his NHL career, unfortunately. Right? Or take away the traumas and stuff that he had to live through. There's not enough. And he's going to have, like he said, it's an uphill battle here. You know? It's an uphill battle. He's still got to fight the Blackhawks in court. He's still got to deal with that stuff. He's still got to relive that trauma. He's not done. It's just starting for him. And that's unfortunate because now he's got to relive it all over again. And that's not fair to him either. It sucks. I never like, I never want to talk about this or hear about this again. It was sickening. It was disgusting. Reading the stuff surrounding this. It's terrible, man. I'm sitting here because I love hockey. I love the sport. I love playing it. I love immersing my entire life into it. I eat, I sleep, I breathe hockey. All day, every day. Yeah, I play some video games here and there, right? (laughs) But I mean, I play hockey. I enjoy it. I write about it. I talk about it. I immerse myself in it. And then people who don't look at it and say, ugh, what is this? And it makes you feel disgusting. Imagine turning up being a Blackhawks fan today, man. Not good. And again, you have nothing in relation to it. It's not your fault. You're a fan of a team. Yeah, you're just a fan of a team that would employ a sexual predator. That's, I mean, that's, you know, it's not, it's, it's you as a fan, it's not your fault. It's nobody's fault except for the people in that room, right? Those people who are sitting in the room on May 23rd. That's who you're blaming. And to me, it would have been real simple, man. Take out everybody. I don't care what your explanation is. Did you know? Yes. Did you do something? No. Done. This doesn't need a an internal investigation and Gary Bettman flying out, you know, GMs and whatnot to have conversations. Doesn't take too long, man. Ten minutes. Did you lie? Yeah. Okay. Right? My mom always said, man, if you lie, it's going to be worse. Take it up front. Be honest. It's going to suck, but don't lie. It's the same thing we tell kids, right? Don't lie. Saying you didn't know something when a reality report comes out that you did, you lied. Now we got to deal with the consequences. And a $2 million fine is going to teach the team absolutely nothing. To be honest, 20000000 million wouldn't have taught them anything either. $200 million? Probably doesn't teach them anything. There's no amount of money that's going to teach teams to be decent because the people who are in it are not. I would have wanted to hurt pockets as well of the owners, man. The whole thing. Anybody who was, even if you're not aware for owners, you let that conduct exist under your, you know, company, if you want to put it that way, you're responsible that becomes your problem saying i don't know is not a good answer that's not a good answer some people's job they have to know that's one of the things you do know and if you don't know that's a problem right i told my re- i told the referee on sunday right questionable hit referee says i didn't see it i said that's a problem that's pr- kind of why you know there's some stuff at late games, you know, game gets out of hand, high hits, blindside hits start popping up. Referee, I didn't see the first one. Well, that's probably, that's a problem. You got to see it. Figure out how you're going to see it. Fix that issue. You don't have the stuff happening afterwards, right? Run a good organization. Get the right people in place. Do all that stuff. That meeting in that room, right? Right? That meeting on the 23rd, if it goes, if somebody in that room says, you know what, man, no, nah, this doesn't work. We're going to tell somebody and we're going to alert the authorities and we're going to deal with this right now. We're going to squish this right out. You could have done it quietly and get rid of Aldridge in whatever way you wanted to. Right? You could have not written him a letter of recommendation to his next job so you don't Give him the opportunity to go somewhere else and do this. You could have not, I mean, there, there's so many things that you could have done to not get to this point that weren't done. And that's a failure on the system. It's a failure by everybody involved, whether you know it or not. Because again, in 2021, saying you don't know isn't a cop out. And to the 37 individuals who decline to respond or not want to cooperate, man. It's a shame. I hope one day we get news. I hope we find out who so we can come and ask you some questions and saying you don't know is not a good answer because you can say, yeah, man, I'll participate and say, I don't know. But the fact that you didn't want to means you probably knew something and you decided you were going to protect yourself and keep quiet. And that's part of the reason why we got to this point because too many people kept quiet and somebody's life was impacted. And then a second person's life was impacted. And then more people's lives were impacted. There's a whole bunch of people right now who were impacted by Aldrich and their lives will never be normal because a couple of people didn't say shit. And that's a problem. And that's unfortunate. And that is this week's episode. As always, thank you for hanging out with me. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. All the feedback I get is much appreciated. If you aren't already, if you're not following the podcast, hey, go ahead and do so. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. It's on the YouTube channel as well. If you follow the YouTube channel, you can get all the content straight there. Go ahead, hit the sub button, ring the bell so you get notified when new content goes live. Again, thank you for hanging out to me. Thank you for hanging out with me. I appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to each other in two weeks.